Why would I go back over 25 years ago to an interview I did with Neil Anderson? Bottom line answer, I have watched the Lord set people free by going through this material. It really is biblical guidance to help us get radically right with the Lord, to deal with past issues, and to experience the victory of the cross. So that's why I hope you will listen again today as I share some of the statements that Neil made. This will be the last day we'll do this. The teaching is critical, and yet it seems to me that Not enough people, by any means, have embraced this and gone through it, despite the fact that the Bondage Breaker book in front of me has sold 1,300,000 copies. I really want to encourage you to get a copy of Overcoming the Darkness and then The Bondage Breaker. Then there's other books where Neil takes it a step further, dealing with addictions and the like. When my conversation back then with Neil... We talked about one of the steps to finding freedom, and that is we've got to deal with our pride issues. Now, did I hear you just say you don't have a pride problem? I think maybe you just revealed that you do. Here's Neil. It's like Peter, a chosen one of God. I mean, Mm -hmm. this guy's going to be the spokesperson for the church in in the beginning days of the church. And Jesus come to him and says, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded the right to sift you like wheat. Whoa, you know, but I prayed for you. And when you turn again, strengthen the brother. And you go, what? You know, surely the Lord would intervene and say, no, you're not. <laughs> but actually, and here's, here's, here's Peter. And I believe this is a true reflection of his heart. Lord, I'm willing to die for you. I'll go to prison for you. And he said, Peter, before the day is done, you will deny me three times. And he denied him three times. Now, what's at the core of this thing? I mean, you know, Jesus allowed him to sift him like wheat. And here's a man whose heart, thinking that, boy, I'll go to the ends of the earth with you. And indeed, he did deny him three times. He gave over a degree of control in his life. Why? Well, if you read the context in Luke 22 there, context clearly shows that they were in argument who was going to be the greatest in the That's kingdom right. of God. This man had a pride problem. And God humbled him, you know, and he allowed Satan to do it. I mean, even, even in gross immorality in 1 Corinthians 5, you know, I've decided to turn you over to Satan for the buffeting in their flesh. So, so God himself again may use the devil to achieve his own ends here. He did even in the Apostle Paul, for that matter. You know, to keep him from buffeting himself. You know, he sent him uh, an angel of Satan. That's that's a demon. Mm -hmm. That's an angelos, angel of Satan. Right. To to buffet himself. Now, that would turn out for good, see. And power is perfected in weakness. And so how it manifested itself, we really don't know. But what it was, was an angel of Satan. And it says that clearly in all of our Bibles. And so... You know, pride really is a killer. I mean, pride wants to build our own kingdom, wants to do our own thing. And God says, no, you're not going to let you do that. Uh, God says, I'm opposed to the proud. I give grace to the humble. I don't want God opposed to me. I want to humble myself before the almighty hand of God. And I say, when a choice comes and, 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 and the dividing issue is, is this going to be a, a demonstration of pride or humility? You better choose humility. Because if you want to humble yourself, eventually God will. Not good because he doesn't love us. It's because he does love us. He realized that apart from Christ, we can't do anything. We're not handicapped apart from Christ. We're not limited. We can't do anything. And so God's going to have to bring us to the end of our resources so we can discover his. And we asked some questions there that, that uh, may affect that. For instance, are you more concerned about controlling others than developing self-control? Are you, are you caught up with... Uh, uh, getting attention to yourself by degrees, diplomas, and titles. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are pretty penetrating questions for some folks. Pride is a killer, but humility is confidence properly placed. But no confidence, Paul says, in the flesh. My confidence is in God. Mm-hmm. 
and I know that God began a good work in me, he's going to finish it. And so don't get caught up into some false humility here. I'm just a worm. That's not true. You're not a worm. You're a child of God. You're seated with Christ in the heavenly. And so don't get caught into some false humility here because that'll do nothing but then to discredit your work and, and, uh, and accomplish nothing for the glory of God. Now, one of the most important areas that we must deal with to really enjoy our freedom in Christ is the area of our sexuality. What do we do with past sexual sins? What do we do if we were sinned against in terms of our sexuality? This is a vitally important aspect of our spiritual lives. Now, the, the key to this thing, again, comes back to who we are and our position in Christ. We are alive in Christ, uh, dead to sin, Scripture says. Therefore, do not allow sin to reign in our mortal body. Now, see, that's our responsibility. How are you going to do that? Well, the next verse says, don't use your body as an instrument of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your body as an instrument of righteousness. Now think with me, John, here for a moment. Can you commit a sexual sin and not use your body as an instrument of unrighteousness? If you've used your body as an instrument of unrighteousness, you've allowed sin to reign there. What are you going to do about it? Well, I confessed it. Did mm -hmm. that resolve it? <laughs> I'll submit to you, it probably did not. Because confession is just the first step to repentance. Now, see, my illustration I used in the past is, is that Let's suppose there's a door over there and there's a talking dog on the other side. And that talking dog says, come on, you know, everybody's doing mm -hmm. it. You'll get away with it, <laughs> you know. And you open the door and the dog comes in and glonks onto your leg. Would you beat on it or beat on yourself? Now, see, as soon as he comes through the door, that dog changes his tune. On the other side, he's the tempter. On this side, he's the accuser. And immediately I say, you open the door. <laughs> see, you open the door. You sinned. You did that, didn't you? That's like the old temptation. Come on, take a look. It's pornography. So what? Everybody's right. doing it. As soon as you do, what happens? You just feel sick about it. Mm -hmm. You dirty pig, how could you do that? What a lousy, how could you be a Christian and keep doing that? And here comes the condemnation. And the accuser of the brethren accuses us day and night. So we cry, oh God, forgive me. You're already forgiven. Mm -hmm. Now think about it. You're, you know, he died once for all. You're, you're forgiven. And then you think, well, I'm done. That's all God required me to do. I said, wait a minute, the dog's still there. Not only that, door's still open. True repentance would be to say, you just now submitted to God which is good. That's the first half of the verse. Now resist the devil and he'll flee from you and go back and close that stupid door. That would be repentance to me. Now I've dealt with it. So when we sit down and we'll have people pray, would you pray and ask the Lord to reveal every sexual use of your body as an instrument of unrighteousness? John, here's, <laughs> this is an incredible thing. I've yeah. had people tell me about one affair or one part of it and they'll look at you and go, well, that would be embarrassing. Now, here's a key to ministry. See, and I'll look at them and say, it may be for you, but I'm not here for, con for a condemning sense. Our ministry is reconciliation. I want to see you get out of this. I want to see you free from it. I want to see you free from your past. And uh, out will come the other 10, 50, 20 events. Now, there's a lot of patterns that we've observed here. For instance, if somebody has been violated against their will, rape or incest, the result typically is they shut down. Sexual activity before marriage, unholy sex, leads to uh, no sex afterwards. I've never had this affirm like I did just last week. We were doing our second only set in your marriage free conference, and we got to the sex part of this thing. And I explained that, that, that sexual activity, immoral, unholy sex, leads to no sex afterwards, when for God wants you to be clean and healthy within your marriage. I had four couples come to me, tell me that. You know, even after I explained it, they said, you know, we were so promiscuous before we got married, now we got married, and frankly, it's just... It's just nothing. It's nothing. And I said, well, you just illustrate what I shared. 
I said, that's why you need to individually go back, work through these things. Now work through the issues that are critical in your marriage and watch what happens. And I've actually, John, had a couple come to me the next day and say, that was the most wonderful night we've ever had together. Oh, I can't tell you how sex plays a part in all that we're dealing with here. We're, we are just jeopardizing a whole new generation coming along because how many of our kids are sexually active before they got married? And in most cases, with multiple partners. They're just torpedoing your next generation. study was done in the inner city. This isn't our words. This is right in the paper. You could have seen it. They said that 40% of our inner city children have had sex by the time they're 10, 80% by the time they're 10. 14, and they claim 100% by the time they're 18, all out of wedlock. Well, you, you've, just, you've got a no scenario, no good scenario here for the whole next generation of what God wanted them to have in the confinement of marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, which God created. Sex isn't evil. God created that. It's just that it got perverted and destroyed. And we're gonna leave, we got people in incredible bondage from the top of our Christian leaders to, to our ghettos. Now, for those who were sinned against in this area, the section in Steps to Freedom, dealing with forgiveness is incredibly helpful. I went on and asked Neil, though, is it really possible in this area to find consistent victory, to really walk the path of purity? Getting free is one thing. Staying free, of course, is something else. Right. Uh, what we're really doing here is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is a reasonable service of worship, holy and acceptable unto God. Now, you've got to break the bondage first. See, you, you've, you've joined yourself to harlot. You've become one flesh, according to 1 Corinthians 6. See, folks listening, all this is in our book, A Way of Escape, right. which deals freedom from incest, rape, uh, you, know, you name it. It's, it covers the gamut of sexual bondage so that we can be free from that. Then the next verse says, be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. The battle for the mind is going to continue. There's no clear button in your registry up there, so I can't immediately erase all past thoughts and experiences. But when you break the bondage, now you can do that. You, you can renew your mind. Now, some of that renewing my mind is going to be two steps forward, one back, three steps forward, one back, ten steps forward, and you keep renewing your mind. Uh, Colossians 3 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. How are you going to do that? Let the word of Christ virtually dwell within you. Now, see, some of that is a time process. Think of your mind as a coffee pot, and you put coffee in it, and mm-hmm. it's dark, and you can smell it, and you can taste it. And you wanted a clear mind. How are you going to get that coffee out? The answer is, no clear button. Can't mm-hmm. get it out. You right. put it in there. Now, alongside is a little bowl of crystal clear ice, and, uh, which is the word of God. Every day you put a cube in. Every day you put a cube in. And after a while, uh, the taste, the smell, you won't see it, you won't taste it. Even though it's in there, you know, you put it in there, there's no clear button. The, uh, the control, the effect will be gone. Now, that'll work provided you don't put any more coffee in. So if you're going to read your Bible, then read a Playboy, and then read your Bible, and then read Playboy, folks, you're, just, you're, you're sinking. You're not even right. holding ground not here. You've got to make a, a commitment once you broke that bondage to say, that's no longer be going to be a part of my life. Sexually explicit movies are out. You know, I got to rid myself from that. How shall a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to the word, the word of our hate in my heart. And what a joy to see somebody put some into that in their life. Well, we're out of time for today, but let me ask you this. Have you experienced your freedom in Jesus Christ? Are you experiencing the victory of the cross? Have you been able to deal with some of the sin issues in the past? Have you been able to deal with some of the hurts that you've experienced? Freeman Christ Ministries 
is there to instruct you along the lines of what you have heard on today's program and a few previous programs. If you will connect with the Lord with these materials just helping to guide you, there is nothing magical about the steps to freedom. It's merely a tool to help us communicate with the Lord, to expose our hearts to Him, to allow the Holy Spirit to really reveal truth to us, what we need to deal with. And when we embrace the truth, the truth sets us free. And we begin to experience the victory. I have taken people through the steps to freedom, and it's been an incredibly emotional and rewarding experience because they connect with the Lord. And I can just, I can remember some of these times when I've done this with folks, and that's why I want you to to do this. Let me give you the web address for Freedom in Christ Ministries, ficm.org, the first letter of Freedom in Christ Ministries.org, and there it even says, Seeking help, they have the materials available to you, and they actually have in various places across the country people who have been trained to work with other believers to help guide you through this. It would be a very profitable experience, I promise. So go to ficm.org and connect with them. I'm John Nader. Thank you so much for listening.